At Ridgepoint Church, we live real. That's one of our values. We talked about this back in January. One of our five values, behavioral values, that, that help us maintain and reach this, this why we exist. What has God called us to here at Ridgepoint Church? And so one of those values is we live real. We're honest about who we are so that God can transform us into who he wants us to be and who he designed us to be. And so today, I want to be real with you. Can I have a pastoral confession right now? Like some of you are getting nervous, like what's getting ready to happen. But seriously, I need to, to just tell you something very important today from my heart, just very transparent. If I'm being totally honest with you, I know Jesus, right? I know Jesus. I love Jesus. I literally faithfully try my best to follow Jesus in all that I do, right? Like I, everything that I am, I try to follow Jesus. But I still battle with anxiety at times. There are certain times in my life that I battle anxiety. Yes, I'm a Christian, I promise. But if I'm being really honest with you, there are moments in my life where I feel anxious and I struggle with anxiety. Sometimes I find myself overwhelmed with relationships. If you know anything about me, you know I'm, I'm constantly worried about whether or not I'm, I'm, I'm living up to expectations of other folks. Sometimes I find myself thinking, am I being a good enough pastor? Am I reaching all the people that I, I need to reach? Sometimes I struggle with thoughts of, of how, how do you lead a church through a pandemic? Like, how, how do you do that? Um, I deal with, should we be open? Should we be closed? Should we meet via Zoom? Should we do Facebook? Should, do people care? Or is anyone watching? Does anyone even want to be at, at church anymore? Or is this, is it just masks or no masks? In person, online? Like all these things. Man, listen. It's a tough season. It's been a tough season. And sometimes, sometimes relationships, man, relationships. Sometimes those things lead me to being overwhelmed and feeling anxious. Dealing with Anxiety. To be clear, sometimes it's paralyzing. But to be perfectly clear with you, I am a Christian. I do follow Jesus, I promise. But even as your pastor, sometimes I struggle with overwhelming anxiety. And chances are, chances are I'm not alone. Chances are, if you're watching online today or in this room, chances are I'm not alone. And you can probably relate. We just came out of this crazy, we're really not out of it yet, but we just came out of the craziest time in history, in our history at least, where a, a strange virus was introduced into the world that absolutely changed everything that we've ever known as being normal. Like everything. Changed everything. The entire world shuts down. It disrupts everything. And add to that the, the, the fear and the, the ideas of, of this global pandemic and what it's doing to the economy, what it's doing to our finances personally. Add to that the social unrest, the racial tension and the political division and, and all these things that are happening around us. And sometimes it's no wonder if people feel anxious and lonely and unsettled. Searching for something that fears, feels normal and feels calm and, and, and feels, um, uh, feels peaceful. 
In fact, as, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you know this or not, but the National Center for Health came out with a pretty shocking uh, statistic. Back in February of 2020, okay, that's a year ago from now, February of 2020, just before COVID-19 outbreak, 12 months ago, around 8.2% of adults in the United States showed signs of anxiety disorder. 8.2%, okay? Fast forward 12 months. After a year full of what we've dealt with for the past 12 months, fast forward to February 1st, 2021. Do you know that 36% of adults in the United States show signs of, of anxiety disorder? 30, it goes from 8.2% before COVID to 36% after the year that we've had. The difference a year can make. Guys... In this series, all the feels that we're currently in, this is week two. We're looking at some of the emotions and the feelings that Jesus endured, okay? And today I want to talk about anxiety. I want to take a look at anxiety. Because I think it's something that many folks struggle with and not many folks want to talk about. I want to acknowledge that anxiety is very real, but it's also very complicated, Anxiety can be physio uh, physiological, it can be emotional, it can be situational, and it can even be spiritual. As we talk about anxiety today, I want to talk about it from a holistic approach, okay? I want to speak from a spiritual perspective because I'm not qualified to talk about anxiety from a medical perspective. But as a pastor, I can talk about anxiety from a spiritual perspective, a holistic approach, if you will. I want to look at how Jesus dealt with anxiety. I want us to take a look at that today. So as we talk about anxiety, as a Christian, it raises some questions. The questions that it raises, um, if I feel anxious, did I fail God? If I, if I feel anxious, am I even a Christian? Like, some people look at you if you feel anxious or struggle with anxiety, and some people judge you. Are, are, are you even close to, are you even a Christian? As we look at this today, I want to talk about, am I letting God down? Am I not living by faith if I feel anxiety or struggle with anxiety? Is it a sin to be anxious? I want to talk about those things today. And I want to tell you, right in the very front of this message, and I want to say this very clearly to you today, it is not a sin to be anxious. It is not a sin to be anxious. I want to say this very clearly today. Anxiety is similar to anger. Anger in itself is not a sin, but anger can lead us to sin. Okay? Anger can lead us to sin. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. So it's not, it's not a sin to be anxious, but feeling anxious in a moment doesn't mean that you've let God down, and anxiety often leads to sin. In fact, it might surprise you when you look at Jesus and objectionably observe what he endured. Many people say that Jesus had extraordinary anxiety as he realized what would he, he would have to endure as he went to the cross. As he looked at the suffering and he looked at the price that he was going to have to pay on our behalf. And, and, and he would give his life for us on the cross. In fact, what I want to do today is, is look very specifically at how Jesus responded to anxiety. 
Whenever Jesus felt anxious, you know what he did? <laughs> he talked a lot. When Jesus dealt with anxiety, he talked a lot. Whenever anxiety rose up, Jesus talked back. He had something to say whenever he felt anxious. And today I want to look at how he wrestled with and overcame anxiety. He wrestled with and overcame anxiety. I'm going to show you three different places, three different things that we're going to talk about from the life of Jesus in Mark chapter 14. We're going to talk about anxiety today. How do you find relief from anxiety? The first thing that I want you to see that Jesus does is something that you, you and I may want to do when we feel anxious. Talk to our friends. You talk to your friends. Whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, whenever you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling a heaviness and a weight, whenever you're feeling anxious, it's really wise to talk to godly, spiritual, or helpful friends. Okay? God, let me say that again. Godly, spiritual, or helpful friends. Like it's really important to talk to those kinds of of people around you. To give you a little context of Mark chapter 14, this was after the Last Supper, okay? This was after Jesus had gathered his disciples and, and they had had one last meal together. And this is where he instituted this communion thing that we do uh, from time to time. Jesus got together with, with his group of people, right? His life group, if you will. He got together with his group. Judas, which is the one that was going to betray him, he was there um, at that particular time. But then he slipped away. And then Jesus, Jesus knew what was coming, folks. He knew what was getting ready to happen to him. And he knew the hurt and the anxiety that was coming. So Jesus went with three of his closest friends. Out of the 12 disciples, he had three really close friends. And he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus started talking to his friends there. He started talking to his friends, and this is what he had to say to his friends. Verse 32 says, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And then he took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Deeply distressed and troubled. The Son of God, Jesus who had never sinned, was deeply distressed and troubled. And I love the way that the message, the message um, uh, interpretation, which is a devotional interpretation, says in verse 33 that he plunged into a sinkhole, sinkhole of dreadful agony. He plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. I wonder if any of you today can say that you've been there. You've plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. It's a place where your heart's pounding. Have you been there? It's a place where your heart's pounding and you feel constricted and you feel this weight on your shoulders and all around you is sin and opportunities for you to, to, to doubt God and to doubt what God's going to do. Like it's this place where you don't know what's going to happen and you feel overwhelmed. You can't catch your breath. Sins of darkness and panic are all around you. Jesus sank into this dark hole of dreadful agony. And why did he do this? Well, Jesus was God in flesh and he knew the horror that was getting ready to take place. Even though he was completely innocent. Can I say that again? Jesus was completely innocent. And even though he was completely innocent, he was going to be arrested. 
Then he was going to be tortured, and he was going to die a death of crucifixion, the most painful and humiliating death that was ever created. Even worse, Jesus was perfect, and he was sinless, and he was about to become sin. He was about to become sin. The sinless sacrifice... The sinless Lamb of God was going to become sin. If you can imagine, this, He had never sinned. He was always in perfect communion with God because He had never sinned. And He was going to become, let's name it out loud, He was going to become rape. He was going to become anger. He was going to become racism. He was going to become hate. He was going to become um, uh, envy and lying and lust. Like the sinless Son of God was going to become these things. The list goes on and on. He was going to become that. And even more, even more than that, because of His holiness, God the Father, He could not look upon that. God's holiness couldn't look upon our anger, our hate, our racism, our lust, our lying. He couldn't look upon those things. And Jesus would cry out, Dad, where did you go? Why did you have to turn away? Why did you have to forsake me? In the middle of that sinkhole of dreadful agony, that emotion of agony was prevalent and present in the Son of God, Jesus. Can you just feel that for a moment? In the middle of all that, watch the honesty of Jesus. In the middle of all of that that he's enduring, watch the honesty of the Son of God. Did you ever notice that Christians, we lie like nobody else, right? We're pretty good liars, us Christians are. We come and we, we you, know, you know what I mean when I ask how you're doing, you just say, praise the Lord, I'm fine, brother. I'm good, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored, amen? We're really good liars, Josh. We are. We're good liars. Glory to God, I'm blessed. You know what I mean, but I want you to watch Jesus. Like, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus was honest. Jesus was transparent. I want you to watch the raw emotions. His complete and transparent honesty with His friends. Verse 34 says, My soul, this is Jesus, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, He said to them. Stay here and keep watch. In other words, I ache so much. Like Jesus is saying, I ache so much that I don't know if I can go on. Like that's where he was mentally. That's what Jesus said. Would you please just sit here for a moment and pray for me? Just sit here a moment and pray for me. I need you now more than I can even describe. Jesus just talked to his friends. And I believe, I believe with everything in me, guys, that's one of the biggest, one of the biggest reasons that people are battling anxiety today is lack of community. Can I say that again? One of the biggest reasons that we're dealing with anxiety today is our lack of community. You're lacking godly encouragement. We're lacking uplifting and spiritual community from the body of Christ. It was never meant to be like this. Like it was never, isolation was never the key. Isolation was never the plan. In the beginning, what did God say to Adam? It's not good for you to be alone. 
It's not As a matter of fact, what does the word Jesus mean? Emmanuel, which means God with us. Like God didn't just stay up in heaven and say, hey, I hope you guys are okay. He sent Jesus to be with us. And then when Jesus ascended into heaven, he sent us the Holy Spirit to be with us. Like it's the power of with that we are lacking today. Does that make sense? We need to be with each other. We need communion. We need community. In March, we're starting up a new thing called Connect. This is kind of our pre-groups, if you will, in-home groups. We're not going to do that until a little bit after Easter. But we're going to start here at the church in March. We're going to do this thing called Connect, where we come together and have community with each other. We'll talk about it at the end of service. But I'm so excited about what's happening there. If you're feeling anxious, you can do what Jesus did. You can talk to your friends. The second thing that you can do if you're feeling anxious is you can talk to your father. Right? Not just your earthly father, but your heavenly father. And let me explain this this way. I got a Honda Civic. I'm so excited about my little Honda Civic. Listen, James got one too. He's praising the Lord back there in the back. But nonetheless, my Honda Civic, I got it back in 2012. And let me tell you, it's got about 150,000 miles on it right now. And I love driving the little thing. I'm telling you, it just like, it's, just, it's nice. I like it. It's a little bit small, and I'm getting more and more heavy. So anyway, every time I get into it now, I hit my head on the top as I'm getting in because I can't get... Um, anyway, so... My Honda Civic, 150,000 miles, still love driving. It's been good to me over the years. Every time I get into the car, though, there's, there's this little red light that pops up on the dashboard. Every time I get into the car, a little red exclamation point pops up, which I found that that means that I have a sensor issue with one of my tires. Not my tires low, it's just a little sensor issue. And I don't know about you, but, but every time that thing comes up, it creates a little bit of anxiety inside of me. Maybe yours is a check engine light. What happens when the check engine light comes on? You get a little anxious, don't you? That's what happens. When you see that little red exclamation point, you get a little anxious. As a matter of fact, I said that, and many of you are thinking right now, and you're starting to get anxious because you realize you need an oil change. You need to take your car and get your oil change, right? Or you need something else. The thing is, that little red light that pops up, it's not the problem. The little red light is not the problem. That little red light is a signal. It signals me that there's something wrong and it's going to be wise of me to go ahead and take my car to the dealership, right? What is anxiety? Anxiety is a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. Amen? Anxiety is the signal that is alerting you that it's time to pray. It's that little red exclamation point that comes up on your dashboard telling you that it's time to pray. It's time for you to let God know what's going on inside of your mind. The Apostle Paul tells us to not be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray. In everything, pray. In other words, if it's big enough to worry about, then it's big enough to pray about. Amen? If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. What's on your mind today? Your marriage? I bet you should pray about it. What's on your mind today? Your kids? Have they made a mistake that you just absolutely can't understand and they're dealing with the consequences and it's breaking your heart? You need to pray about it. Are you dealing with finances and you don't know what's going on with your finances and you got uh, much more month than you have money? Well, you need to pray about it. Because if it's big enough to be on your heart, it's big enough to pray about. 
Pray for your children. Pray for your country. Pray for your leaders. If it's on your mind, then it's on God's heart. And you need to pray about it. If it's big enough to worry about, then it's big enough to pray about it. Anxiety, what is it? Anxiety, it's a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. When we, when, when we can see that Jesus talked to his friends, but he also talked to his father. In verse 35, he says this, going a little further, going a little farther, he fell on the ground and he prayed. This is what he prayed, guys. If possible, if it's, he's talking to his father right now. If possible, let this hour pass from me. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. God, Dad, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, Jesus said. Like, that's sincere, folks. Jesus knew what he was getting ready to have to do. And he prayed to his Father, everything's possible with you, God. Take this cup from me. Please, Dad, if there's any other way, let's do that instead. Like, if there's any other way whatsoever, let's do that instead. Here's what I love about Jesus' prayer. It's honest. It's honest. It's not scripted. It's not memorized. In fact, I think one of the bigger things, one of the bigger mistakes we make as parents is that teaching our kids to pray memorized prayers. <laughs> Whoever came up with some of these things? You know the first prayer I ever prayed? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die... Before, who come up with this prayer? How am I going to teach my four-year-old that if you die, if I die before I wake, that I better pray that that guy takes my soul because I don't want that other guy to take my soul. Who tells their four-year-old that? Who does that, right? Who came up with this prayer? Like, come on, guys. You might die, and if you do, someone's going to take your soul. You better hope it's the big guy upstairs. Who thought that was a good idea to tell your four-year-old? Jesus doesn't pray the, the God is great prayer. He doesn't pray that God is great, God is good kind of prayer. He prays a prayer of honesty and transparency. You know, I'm going to say this really quick. We, including myself, we get into these prayers where we, we memorize, this is what I've always prayed, so I better pray this way. And if I don't pray this way, then maybe I'm not doing it right. But listen, guys, you know what prayer is? It's just talking to your best friend. It's just having a conversation. Having a conversation with your best friend. Jesus prays this prayer of honesty and transparency. He cries out from the depths of his soul. And that's, got what's, that's exactly what God wants from us as well. Peter said to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Like... All the things that are making you anxious. Those things that are making you worry. He's big enough. He's big enough. He can handle whatever's on your mind. Listen, and I'm going to throw this in as well. You can even be angry with God and it's okay. He's big enough to handle your anger. Something happened in your life that you don't really understand yet. That broke your heart. You don't understand why God would allow that to happen. It's okay. Take your anger to Him. He's big enough. He can handle it. Peter said, cast your cares. If it's big enough to be on your heart, it's big enough to pray about. Cast your cares on Him because He cares for you. So, talk to your friends. Talk to your father. And the third thing is this. When you're feeling anxious, 
What did Jesus do? Well, Jesus talked to his feelings. Jesus talked to his feelings. Honest question here. Does any, anyone ever have weird, whacked out, jacked up feelings that you don't really know where they come from? And then you have these random people that are like, you should follow your heart. You should follow your feelings. You know what? If I followed my feelings, I'd be in jail by 2 o'clock today. Right? Like, don't follow your heart. That's the wrong information. Like, that's poor advice. Don't follow your heart. I'm like, don't do that. You are not your feelings. Can I say that again? You are not your feelings. Okay? You are not your feelings. Your feelings are real and your feelings are important. God gave us those things, but your feelings are not always true. Your feelings are not always true. What I want to do is tell you uh, to tell your feelings. Like, tell your feelings, you're not going to lead me. You're not going to lead me. I know I may feel this way, but I'm not going to allow you, my feelings, to lead me. You talk to your feelings. You speak truth to your feelings. You tell your feelings that just because I feel a certain way doesn't mean that that's true. You tell your feelings. Sometimes you worry about things. This is me. My wife can attest to this today for sure. Sometimes I just make up scenarios in my mind. So-and-so didn't call me back. Well, that guy hates me. He, he just hates me. I know he does. What have I done? And I start going through all these scenarios in my head of all the things that I've done or haven't done. What have I done? My wife would attest to this today. Like We come up with these scenarios in our heads. I'm terrible at this. Anybody else? Am I alone here? I mean, am I the only one? Come on now. Like I just come up with these things, but you have to tell your feelings about your faith. You have to tell your feelings about your faith. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Catch this. This is, this is beautiful, guys. This is beautiful. Jesus said this, verse 36. Dad, Abba, Father. He said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. That's what I want. Like, that's what I'm feeling inside right now, Jesus would say. That's what I want. God, take this cup from me, Dad. If there's any other way, I'm asking you to take this cup away from me. But then he says, yet, not what I will, but what you will. You know what he's doing there? He's talking to his feelings. He's saying, this is what I want. I want you to take this cup away from me. But you know what? It's not about my feelings because my feelings don't control me. My feelings are not who I am. Therefore, God, you know far better than me, so I want to do what you want me to do, God. That's what he's saying. Not what I'm feeling, but I want to fulfill your will. I want to ask the, the folks to come up, the music folks. Jesus would say this, take this cup from me. That's what I want. But then Jesus told his feelings, it's not about you, feelings. It's not about what you want. It's about God's will. Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross. I don't know if you, you guys realize that or not, but He didn't wake up that morning saying, hey, today I want to be crucified. I don't believe that. He didn't wake up that morning saying, I want to be humiliated today. He didn't wake up that day with these feelings of, of, of wanting to get stripped of His clothes, naked and ashamed upon a cross. He didn't, he didn't want that. He didn't want to pay a price for a crime that he didn't commit. He didn't want that. He said, if there's any other way, God, let's do that instead. Yet, 
It's not about my feelings, God. It's about your will. So he spoke to his feelings. He spoke to his feelings. Speak the truth to your feelings, folks. Whenever you start to feel like that God doesn't love you, you tell your feelings that God is love. That God loves me no matter what. That he sent his only son to die for me on the cross because he loves me that much. He cares for me that much. Whenever you feel alone and like nobody cares, there are people around you. Tell your feelings, no, I'm not alone. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches me that God will never leave me or forsake me. So I'm not alone. Whenever you feel like you just can't go on and you feel like you've reached the end of your rope, you tell your feelings that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You talk to your feelings and you tell them, you don't control me. I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by my testimony. What did Jesus do with his anxiety? He talked to his friends. He talked to his spiritual support system. He talked to his father and he cried out to God. And then he talked to his feelings. Some of you need to tell your feelings this morning that you need to get in line. You need to get behind me and get in line because you're not going to control me anymore. You need to tell your feelings, I'm not letting you drive me anymore. My faith will drive me from here on out. Get behind me, feelings. My faith will drive me. He talked to his friends. He talked to his father. And he talked to his feelings. And guess what? It worked. It worked. Like Jesus, check this out. He stumbled into the garden, guys. He literally stumbled into the garden. Do you remember what I said earlier about the scripture? That he was feeling that dreadful agony, this pit of despair. Knowing what was to come, he stumbled into the garden almost unable to stand under the weight of the soul-crushing anxiety. And he talked to his friends. He talked to his father and he talked to himself. And when, when the soldiers came to arrest him, when they came to arrest him, when they ruthlessly beat him, when he faced an unjust trial, and when he was executed with excruciating pain, and the shame and the humiliation on the cross, what did he do? He said, no man takes my life. I give it up freely. At this point, he was resolute. He was steady. He was calm. Full of faith. And he was determined. He was unshakable. No man takes my life. I give it freely. When he's hanging on the cross and the creation was at its worst, mocking and spitting on the Creator, God in flesh, Jesus looked upon his Father and he said, Father, please forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then he said, It's finished. Then he said, It is finished did what you sent me to do and into your hands I commit my spirit and he gave his life what Jesus did in the garden he talked to his friends he talked to his father and he talked to his feelings it worked it worked I'll end with this Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 
don't be anxious about anything. Let's fill in the blank there. Don't be anxious about your finances. Don't be anxious about your marriage. Don't be anxious about your children. Don't be anxious about the economy. Don't be anxious about your job. Don't be anxious about school. Don't be anxious about your friends. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God that transcends all understanding. It's not your peace. It's not your peace. And it's not the world's peace. It's the peace of God. And when God gives it, when God gives you His peace, the world can't take it away. The world can't take it away. Because what God gives, the world has no rights over. And so the world can't take it away. The peace of God will guard you. Those of you that need peace today, wherever you are, if you're watching online or in this room, if you need peace today, would you please stand with me? If you're looking for peace today in your life, no matter what's going on, would you please stand? If you're standing in your living rooms, in your kitchens right now, in your bedrooms, or whatever, wherever you are right now, if you need the peace of God today in your life, I'm asking you to stand up and bow your heads. Today, if you're looking for that peace, wherever you are, if you're saying, I need peace today, you understand today that there's no storm that God won't bring you through. You understand that there's no obstacle that God won't help you overcome. No enemy that, that God won't defeat on your behalf. No heartache that God won't heal. His name is Jesus. At the very mention of His name, it shatters all the darkness and it calms my soul. When I say Jesus, even a whisper breaks through my doubt until all my fear is gone. His name is Jesus today. And if you need His peace, the peace that, 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 that passes all understanding, He's willing to give that today. Cry out. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voices and worship the name above all names. His name is Jesus. And His peace is very real. Today, Father, thank You. Today, thank You. Thank You for Your peace your peace today, God. Father, only you can give that peace. Today, Father, so many hearts, so many minds, so many lives are struggling with anxiety. Overwhelming so many folks today, God. But that is not what you desire. You desire for us to be at peace. And today you have peace for us. Today may we look to our friends. May we come to you. And then with that confidence, may we speak to our feelings. They no longer 
drive the boat in our lives. God, we're looking for your peace. Even right now as I pray, if there's anyone among us, keep your heads bowed, please. If there's anyone that doesn't know Jesus today, I want you to know that Jesus Christ came and he gave his life on the cross for us. He gave his life for us. He became sin. Whatever sin that you've committed in your life, he became that sin. He was sinless and he became our sin. He gave his life for us on the cross so that we could have eternal life. Today, if you're looking for peace through a relationship with God, and that's through salvation, I'll be down front. I'd love to talk to you today. But if you're just looking for peace, if you need peace in a situation, if you have anxiety in your life right now, you're looking to lay it at the cross and give it to God, the altar is open and now is the time. If you want prayer and you're online today, if you want someone to pray with you, there's a little link that says prayer or prayer request. It's a moment. You just click on that. Someone will get into a private chat box with you right now from our staff and they'll pray with you right now. Just click that prayer button. Today, we need each other. We need community. We need the Father. And we need that confidence to speak to our feelings. Let's give it to him in the name of Jesus. Would everyone stand? And we're going to sing these words together. If you need to pray, come down to the altar. If you need someone to pray with you, grab someone and bring them with you. And let's worship God together.